from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would guide us, that you would be an ever-present king, our hope in our time of need. And, Lord, I pray that as we open your word today, that as you speak, as, as your Holy Spirit uh, calls us and draws us close to you, Lord, I pray that the things that we do would only be to bring you honor and glory today and forever. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Please have a seat. From Luke 5, 1 through 11. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got in to one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, Lord for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Thank you, Julie. All right. It is time for kids, first or third grade, they can go downstairs and, and get a lesson. Now, generally, I would say they get to go have more interaction, but I'm really hoping we get interaction today. You guys ready for interaction? Yes. Okay. We're going to get there. All right. <coughs> I do want to be quick and, and mention some announcements before I jump into the passage. A couple things. First of all, I'm going to be gone for the next two Sundays. Um, uh, and so the, the guy I had coming this next Sunday, uh, a friend of mine from Casper, he is ill. And he's not going to be here. So plan B is in the process. And when I get that confirmed, like, I won't be able to tell you guys. You'll just be able to show up and you'll see what it is, but it should be great. Um, and then the following week on the 17th um, should be uh, Matt Mastis, our regional uh, support uh, guy for the state. And uh, he's awesome. He actually grew up here um, in Green River. And so uh, I'm excited for what he has for you guys uh, on the 17th. Um, I want to mention Wednesday nights, we got stuff going on, Bible studies, Sunday night. Um, that's all in the, I don't know, is bulletin old-fashioned? Is there a better word for that? Just bulletin? Okay. The flyer? It's not very professional. I do it on Google Docs. So, I mean, probably should get a little bit more professional. But um, uh, If you notice on there, though, I have it on there because 
I want to start advertising for it. And by next Sunday, there will be some flyers for you to hand out. Um, but we, Easter Sunday is coming up very quickly. Uh, so Easter Sunday is uh, March 31st. And so uh, there, there's, uh, we're going to have a Good Friday service on the 29th, and that'll be at 6 o'clock. It'll be, a, it'll be fairly short and simple. Um, I, I just want us to be preparing our hearts and our minds uh, for, for the resurrection of our God and the, and the day when we celebrate that. And so um, uh, invite your family, invite your friends, your coworkers. Uh, there's, there's a handful of moments in life uh, where I believe everyone is open um, to hearing what someone else has to say. And I feel like um, people usually give Christians the opportunity to talk about uh, what they believe uh, in a key, couple key moments in, in the year. And one of those is Christmas time, and one of those is Easter time. And so let's be bold and uh, be courageous and simply invite people to come and, and, and hear about Jesus and, and what he did and what he is doing. And so uh, that'll be coming up very quickly. Um, I don't know if I have any other announcements. Oh, yeah. It smells like there's food downstairs. So I'm going to go as fast as I can because I understand when there's smells like that, it's really hard to pay attention. But we would invite everyone who's um, here, um, whether you brought food or not, I am confident with the amount of crockpots I saw come in that we have enough soup and salad for everyone. So... Uh, come downstairs, hang out with us for a little bit, spend some time getting to know each other. Um, uh, we, you know, it's our desire that it's not just a, something, that church is not something we attend or we just view every once in a while, uh, but church is something that we do together. And so this is just an opportunity for us to get to know each other, to encourage each other, and just, you know, generally spend time together. So, plus, the, the sun is out, and, you know, if we wait long enough, the parking lot will be clear, right? That's so, yeah. All right, today we're in the book of Luke. And before we get going, uh, I'm, I'm debating between one of two things. Um, so a, option A is I pick a someone I've already picked in my mind. Or option B is I ask for a volunteer. Which would you guys prefer? Volunteer. Okay, I need a volunteer. Okay, Josie. Awesome. Come on up. <laughs> this is Josie. Josie's awesome. It's Dakota's mom. Come on up. Um, I I probably should have thought this through a little bit more. Um, I'm not a craftsman, um, but why don't you come stand right here, just right here? Would that work? Okay. And uh, we're can can I call you? So this is going to be really confusing for a while, okay? Because uh, um, Julie read for us um, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and that's where we are today. But in, in this passage, um, uh, the, the, one of the main characters is referred to as Simon. Now, uh, we know from the rest of the story, and I'm very used to calling Simon um, a different name. His name is Peter, Okay. And so Jesus is going to change his name here in a little bit, and that's a great story. And, and Peter's one of, well, let's not skip ahead, but 
I'm just going to, from now on, the, one of the main characters in, the, in this story is Peter. Okay? We good? So I understand in the passage we're reading, it's Simon. It's hard for me to, like, I have three names. My, so, like, if this helps at all, my, my oldest son, his name is Reuben Don Marlowe II. Okay? Raise your hand if you knew that his name was Reuben. Okay, th- so there's a couple of you. We call him Benny. When I look at him, I think Benny. I don't think Reuben very often, right? And so same thing with Peter. I know his name is Simon in this, in this passage, but like I know him as Peter, so I'm going to call him Peter all the time. And Josie today is Peter. So, hey, Peter, how are you? Okay. We got to use imaginations. I understand I do this a lot, but I think it helps us visualize. This is a boat. Okay? We on the same page? Okay. Now, um, here's the story. Peter is a fisherman. So what, is, what do fishermen do? Okay, so Peter's fishing. I'm going to come over here for a minute while Peter's fishing. Um, <coughs> and this is kind of hard for us to understand a little bit because I have this thing on and because I'm an extremely loud person. Um, and so... In general, I don't think most of you are going to have a hard time hearing me, even if I, like, if I turn this off. Recording purposes, I guess. But um, So Peter's fishing, and, and, you know, Jesus, we've been following the story of Jesus for a little while. And Jesus, you know, he's, he started his public ministry. He had a public declaration of uh, this kingdom and what he's aligning himself with when John the Baptist baptized him. It was a public declaration that he is a part of this repentance and this kingdom that John the Baptist had been preaching. And Jesus has been going around and he's been preaching. The message he's been preaching has been repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And, and he even, you know, in the place he grew up in Nazareth, he went into the synagogue and he, he read a passage from Isaiah and he talks about this coming kingdom, this coming year of the Lord, the year of God's favor. And he says it's here, it's coming, and, and we need to repent and that he's the Messiah, he's the one that is going to free the captives and, and heal the blind and, and he's going to preach the gospel to the poor. And so this is what Jesus is doing. Jesus is going from town to town. It didn't really work too well in in Nazareth, so he kind of moved on from Nazareth. And he's been going around this area of Capernaum, Galilee, and and he's been preaching this gospel. And and the truth is, excuse me, I had too much coffee, I guess. Um, (laughs) There's no fixing that. I don't know what to tell you. I apologize. Um, Hopefully we can recenter here in a second. Um, so Jesus, um, he's been preaching. And the truth is, in this passage, uh, it doesn't tell us what he said. And, and this is a side note, but throughout the, throughout the New Testament, there's, Jesus is, uh, like, there's, there's different sermons that we have recorded. One of the most famous is in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And, and this is my opinion, but I'm convinced that in different periods of Jesus' life, like, it's not that the Sermon on the Mount, you know, there's debates because there's, in Luke, the, when it talks about, like, it's literally almost the same sermon, but it's different circumstances. And we're like, is this a different sermon? And it's just like, yeah, 
But it's the same message. Jesus is going from synagogue to synagogue and, and to crowd and, and from one place, from one city to the next. And, and he's teaching these same things. And, and maybe it sounds a little bit different here when he's talking to this audience. But it's the same message that he's going to preach over here to this audience. And he's going to adapt it a little bit. And so I don't, I, I don't know exactly which message or which parables or which illustrations Jesus, is, Jesus uses in this passage. But what we do know is that Jesus is going throughout the region and he's preaching. And, and it's hard for us to really get a sense right now in how many miraculous things he's doing. We know he says that he can. Well, I spent weeks talking about this, that God has power over the spiritual realm. He has power over the physical realm. We see already in the book of Luke that it says that he's healing the blind. So he's doing some miraculous things. And when you begin to speak these things, and when you begin to do these things, you draw a crowd, right? And so Jesus has this crowd. It doesn't matter where he goes. He's starting to have this crowd. And, and you know... This is another side note, but I think it's important for us to understand. You know, Jesus, in the last chapter, there's a couple times where Jesus does something, and then he says, you know, like the demons are saying, oh, you're the Messiah, and he tells them to shut up, right? There's times when Jesus heals someone, and he's like, hey, don't go tell anyone. And I'm convinced one of the, one of the reasons for that, I won't claim to know all the reasons, but one of the reasons for that is because the moment Jesus draws too big of a crowd, he's limited in where he can go. It gets so much harder for him to be able to enter a city. Just think about, in a few weeks, we're going to celebrate Palm Sunday when Jesus walks into Jerusalem. And literally, there's thousands of people crowding around him. And they literally have to like lay down palm branches for him to, to come across it. And they have to prepare a way through the crowd just for him to get through. So as these crowds begin to gather around, it gets harder and harder for Jesus to be able to reach out and just say, hi, how are you? Right? It gets harder and harder for him to be able to, to connect with individuals in different areas because there's crowds. And what we, what we find throughout this, this three years of Jesus' ministry is Jesus begins to start doing this where he gets apart from the crowd. He, he goes away by himself. He uses his followers as a distraction. He throws them at them. I don't, I don't know. That's my imagination there. But like he, there's there's these crowds, they're always coming to see Jesus, to hear Jesus. So Jesus, he's teaching. He, he's beginning to do these miracles. And crowds are gathering. And they're thronging. And they're pushing. Because again, if, if we turn the micro, uh, microphone off again, and we filled this room up, and there were still crowds of people trying to come in, Again, we live in a great day and age with electricity and speakers. And, but can you imagine if this room was full and I was trying to speak to you and there was another 200 people out there trying to hear what I was saying? A little bit of, I don't know, take another inch. Let me have another inch. Here's my elbow. Here's another inch. You know, like it just starts getting, like the crowds just keep pushing in and there's people who want to hear. So Jesus is speaking. Jesus is preaching. Jesus is doing, he said his primary purpose is to proclaim the good news to the poor. To proclaim the kingdom of heaven. And people are coming to hear this message. And it's getting harder and harder for 
the, the people that are, are continuing to come to hear Jesus. Jesus is literally pushed. I don't know about you. Uh, well, I feel pretty confident. We live in Wyoming. We like our space, right? We, I have a bubble, and there's very few reasons anyone ever needs to come inside this bubble, right? You guys stay outside. I'll stay outside your bubble. It'll be good. But Jesus' bubble is getting smaller and smaller, and Jesus is getting pushed back, and, and he's getting pushed back, and, and, you know, can you hear me in the back? Um, okay, I'll, I'll try to speak up. So, you know, Jesus is trying to preach this message, and, and he's just getting pushed back, and, you know, whoo, there's one. Hey, Peter, how are you? Peter, can I get on your boat? Sweet, thanks. Okay. Can we push off just a little bit just so, like, they don't try to jump in the boat, too? Awesome. Man, this, whoa, look at that. I can see you guys because now there's some distance, and, and it's kind of the opposite of this, right? Like, more than likely, that it's, it's range. Like, like, people who visit, um, so it's interesting. Uh, I, I live, I spent the last four years in um, Buffalo, and um, Lake DeSmit is right there. And, and the pastor I was serving under, he went and visited Israel. And he said that the, the Sea of Galilee looks just like Lake the Smith. And so when you imagine this, like you've got this lake, you've got these hills around, and then you've got a boat, and the boat pushes off just a little bit. And now you've got people across the lake sp splayed out in front of him, and now he can begin to see people better. And now he's able to speak, and, and because of, you know, they say the acoustics of everything, like it, it just made it easier for Jesus now in this boat to one person speak to an entire crowd. And so the crowds have pushed in, and Jesus approaches Peter, and he says, Peter, can I use a boat? Now, here's the thing. I just realized, because I turned my notes around, that I didn't tell you something I was supposed to. So, I didn't give you blanks on your notes today. There's three questions. And you're supposed to be, while I'm preaching, answering these three questions. And then I'll hit them at the end. There we go. I did my job. All right. Sorry about that. So Peter, I, I want to talk about Peter for a moment. Because Peter has this moment right here at the very beginning of this story to say, like he has a choice. There's a moment to say yes or no. And I would argue this moment in a lot of people's lives, I, I feel like people will say yes and then walk away. But a lot of people also say, no, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to be around Jesus. I don't want to hear about this. But Peter has this moment where Jesus comes up to him and he says, Peter, can I get in your boat? And in this moment, Peter can say, no. I don't want you in my boat. Who are you? I don't want anything to do with you. I don't need you. I don't want you. I'm tired. I just got off work. I want to relax. I want to put my feet up. 
I want to watch some TV. March Madness, right? I'm tired. I don't. So Peter has this moment at the very beginning. And Peter chooses to put himself in a place close to Jesus. Jesus gets in the boat. Now here's here's the beautiful thing. I don't know. I you, you can imagine how big the boat is. You know, if you watched a show or something, you know, I I don't I don't think it's probably as small as a canoe. I think it's probably not as big as the Titanic. So we're somewhere in that range, okay? But Jesus and Peter are in this boat. <clears throat> and and let's be honest, from what we can tell, it seems like Peter's probably heard of Jesus by this point. It's hard not to, right? I mean, there's crowds gathering around. You've, you've heard talk of there's a, a, a Messiah. There's, there's a Christ. There's, there, there's talk of him doing miracles. And, and Oh, well, there he is. And, oh, man, that's a lot of people. <laughs> Glad I'm not him. You know, I don't like people. You know, I'm a fisherman because I get off to be by myself, right? And, and uh, oh, he's coming this way. Um... Oh, he's looking at me. Oh, you went in my boat. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's see what, I, let, let's see what he says. Let's see what he does. Let's see if everything I've heard could be true. Jesus gets in the boat. And, and Jesus then, I don't know how long, he might be like me and be really long-winded. Uh, have you read the Sermon on the Mount? Um, Jesus gets in the boat and he begins to preach. He begins to teach. On the things he teaches about, it, it's repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it, it is the things of the Sermon on the Mount you've, you have heard of old, but I tell you. And he's calling people to a higher, a higher relationship, a, a higher standard. He's not just calling us as, as Jewish people to, to follow the law, but he's calling us as Jewish people to, to know the heart of God. Uh, and, and he's telling us that like God's kingdom is worth more than anything that's around us and that, that we should be willing to leave our family and we should be willing... To literally sell everything we have if we could find this kingdom. And, and, and the things he's speaking of, he's, he's talking about a different way of life. He's speaking of like freedom and he's speaking of like deliverance and not being held bondage and not living in fear. And, and no longer having this burden of guilt and like trying to save myself. But, but instead like to know the heart of my God. This is what Jesus is teaching. And listen, what I want us to recognize is that Peter was in a place to hear that greater than anyone else in the crowd. Listen, I think it's important that Jesus speaks and he proclaims, but Jesus also speaks to us. And Jesus, Jesus comes to us and he personally, he, he gives us an invitation. Can I get in your boat? Can I begin to show you who I am? Can I, can I begin to speak to you and can I offer you life? And, and all of us, 
all of us can be, we can be like Peter and say, yeah, I don't know what you want. And, and if all you want is my boat for just a moment, I'll give you my attention for now. And then, and then we can be like Peter in close proximity to our God. And we can begin to hear what God has said. And then we can begin to see what God can do. Because Jesus, he speaks, he teaches, and when he finishes his sermon, he turns to Peter. He says, hey, Peter, how's fishing? Not good. You didn't catch anything. Not one. And you call yourself a fisherman. I'm just kidding. Uh, for the record, I do not call myself a fisherman. I do enjoy peaceful times looking at water even if there's like a bobber in it or something but I'm not a fisherman okay I feel very much like Peter most of the time well I went fishing but you know it's more about the experience than the fish right anyway you know Steve is convinced he's gonna fix that I think but I'm, I'm hoping he's gonna fix it because salmon is delicious but as we go on focus Peter heard Jesus because he's in the boat with him because he was willing to put himself in a position where he could hear Jesus speak. And then, as Jesus finished speaking, he looks at Peter and he says, I think you should push out into the deep and fish one more time. I don't know if you guys understand. Jesus is a carpenter. I mean, he builds things. And then, well, now he's not even doing that. Now he's a rabbi. He's a teacher. He literally just goes walking around talking. Right? And he just told the fisherman how to do his job. It's kind of a funny thing to do. You ever, like, I've never gone hunting. But as a teacher... I feel like I could teach you guys how to hunt, right? No, no, I, I got no clue, right? No, no, no. Peter had put himself in a position where he could hear God. And he heard the things that Jesus spoke. Whatever Jesus spoke created in Peter this like, this awe and this yearning and this desire that when Jesus says, I think you should push off and fish again in the middle of the day now, Peter says, I have no understanding of how that's going to work. I know what I'm doing. I'm generally okay at this, but this has been a terrible day. And maybe in my brokenness and neediness today, Maybe, maybe I've been trying to live my life so much my way, and this, this way that Jesus is saying, this, this different approach, this, this, this change of perspective, you know, maybe, maybe I'll just give it a shot. Maybe I'll try it. He says, Jesus, I, I haven't caught anything. But because you said so, Peter pushes off.
I don't, I don't, like, I try to understand the emotion of that moment. A lot of writing doesn't give you the emotion of that moment. But can you, can you just imagine being Peter in this moment? Are you, are you, are you like a little kid? Your mom's told you to do it, so you're going to do it, but you're grumbling the whole way. I'll go fishing, but this is stupid. Or are you, are you maybe like, what if? What if it's right? Are you, are you, are you a questioner? Are you like, ah, maybe? You know, he said it, he said something. Maybe. So I'll, I'll do it and we'll see what happens. Man, I, I, I know some people, they're, they're like, you know, we'd say like they're full of faith. Like maybe they're just hopeful or like, you know, they're heads up in the clouds or something, right? Like, you know, they're like, oh, Jesus told me to go fishing. I'm going to do it and it's going to be great. Man, there's a whole spectrum here. And I don't know exactly what emotions Peter has in this moment. But what's important is that Jesus, or that Peter, he put himself in a position to hear from Jesus. And then when Jesus told him to do something, he went to do it. And what happens is he almost loses his boat. That's, sorry, that's a funny one. He caught so much fish, his boat starts sinking. So he calls his buddy, James and John, and they come over, and their boat starts to sink. And, and like, literally, like, you know, we say, you know, we say we want, like, a boatload of God's provision. But, like, also, like, it's like two boatloads, and it's really more than we can handle. So Peter does what God tells him to do, and the impossible happens. And so I want us to recognize this. When Peter does what God tells him to do, God does the impossible. God proves, again, what we've been talking about for a few weeks, not only does he have authority in his teaching, but he has the power over this physical world. And and Peter gets to witness this. He gets to hear the teaching of Jesus Christ, and then he gets to see his power displayed. Jesus is our God who offers life, and Peter got to experience it in this moment. And it was dependent on him saying, yeah, you can get on my boat. And in this moment, how are you feeling, Peter? Are you? And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And we need to have this recognition. We, you know, if we were to look at these questions, right, the, the first question is who, is, who is Jesus? And I want us to recognize that Jesus is our God, that he has authority to teach, that he has the power to provide. He has, like, he is our God, and, and we depend on him for the words of life. And when he gives direction, we obey it no matter what. This is our God. But when we put ourselves in close proximity with our God and when we begin to see his power and his goodness and his love and his mercy, we see that he is willing to pay the cost of his life for our life. 
so that we could have life. And when we begin to see his power and his goodness, then we have to begin to recognize that that's not me. I am not powerful. I fished all night and I got nothing. I, I've tried my way. I've tried to keep the law. I've tried to follow the commandments. I've tried to be good. And the reality is I'm not. I'm sinful. I'm needy. I'm powerless. I'm broken. This is the place where Peter finds himself. And when we, when we place ourselves close to God, we can begin to see who he is. But we also see who we are. Truth is, when Jesus says, my purpose is to preach the gospel to the poor, we have to recognize we are the poor. I, I need God. I need to depend on him. What he says I will do, what he, what he speaks, I listen. I need to experience the power of my God. Mine is not enough. Peter's response to Jesus is a recognition of who he is. It's interesting because Peter says, depart, depart from me. We're, we're in this boat. I'm so close to you. And you've said things that reveal that you know my heart. be with your goodness because you're so great and I love you. So depart. And what Jesus says is not depart. What Jesus says is come to me. It's not in this passage these words, but Jesus in, in the book of Matthew says, he says, follow me. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I'll take the expectations and the thoughts and the hopes and the desires that you have and I will, I will make them greater and grander and far better than anything you've been living for. Follow me. Have you seen your God? Have you seen his power? Have you accepted the possibility that he is your savior? Are you willing to listen to him and experience his greatness? Do you recognize that that's not you? That you are poor and needy. You are sinful. What keeps you from following God? Jesus gives this invitation. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And the passage says that that he forsakes all and follows Jesus. That he leaves his boat. That he leaves his family. What, what is it that's, that you're holding on to that keeps you from following Jesus? Is it the desire for stability? Is it the desire to be in control? To be able to provide for your own needs? We need to see, and we need to hear, we need to experience our God. And when we experience the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, 
you need to be willing to leave everything to follow him. What's keeping you from seeing Jesus today? Lay it down. Maybe take a step of faith and do what he says and, and test it and see if what he says is true. Because he alone has the power over life and death. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you do come to us. You said that those who follow you are, we follow you because you have first come to us. So Lord, we, we recognize you are, you are calling out to us, you are drawing us, you are inviting us to follow you. And so I pray, I pray that each of us, not, not just people who've never followed Jesus before, and, and, and not just me, but every single one of us, that we would we would surrender and set aside anything that is keeping us from seeing and hearing you today. That we would renew our lives to follow you. That the things that you say we do. Lord, we trust that you alone have the words of life. So I pray that you would speak, that you would guide, and that you would work in us to bring us new life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate your boat as well. All right, guys. It's time for food. So, uh, any other announcements I was supposed to mention? I think we're good. Steve? You good? Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. By the way, I was supposed to mention this. My name is Pastor Ruben. If you're a visitor here today, I know I'm getting around to meeting people. Um, if you want to fill out a card and leave it in the box in the back, I'd love to catch up with you. Probably